This episode of the Good Ship Brothership is brought to you by Ben's Sportswear. Ben uh, is often seen wearing a delectable range of sportswear that makes him look sporty and masculine, yet fashionable and suave. Dress more like Ben. Go to www.bensportswear.com to get 50% off of a Nike bathrobe. Wow, that was very good. Welcome to the Good Ship Brothership, ladies and gentlemen, where we watch clickhole videos about radishes from time to time. That was quite... That was... Yeah. How have Sorry, you been, Jason, my brother? I've been pretty my good. My brother. Um, mine. This is actually going to be an interesting episode because I don't think I've ever uh, prepared for uh, an episode more than this. I mean... My show notes were kind of short notice, but I've been listening to both these albums for months. The show notes are really just a crystallization of the thoughts that you've yeah. already had in your brain. I've had the thoughts for a long time. Yeah. Um, is there anything else <laughs> that you would like to talk about? We made, before a, I play we this made a pretty good video today. Yeah, we made a beautiful video today uh, about a, a boy who searches for his mother. It's a parable. It's a lost leader. It's... A munchkin. Yeah. yeah. So go watch it on Snapchat when we sent it to you. And if we didn't, sorry. Anyway, um, I've been I've been great. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, I know how you've been. <laughs> and none of the listeners care. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, how have you been? Just peachy. Okay. I purchased a copy of Infinite Jest, which is sitting right there, looming larger You're than life and larger it. than a lot of books. And I'm quite excited to slog through that as soon as I finish rereading Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I've purchased a Blu-ray copy of Sorcerer, which I am five minutes into. It looks super cool. It will TBH. be very cool. I'm so excited. Don't to watch see it without that. me. I might if I want to. Okay, so it's time for. The SmackDown. Oh, I almost played the wrong one. Um, this is weird. I feel like it's been years since we've done one of these. Dude, this is like a very quick follow-up for us. I know. These days, anyway. One, one, two, two, one, two, three. Ready? Go! Speaking of SmackDown, we have Thousand Foot Crutch on the playlist for Kick and Sport. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it comes on when we're doing something and I feel like I just can't focus because it's playing like Rock Fist. Welcome to the Masquerade. Because you're like, yikes, I saw them live. Yeah. Yeah. Still proud of that. I'm not. Made me who I was today. It's true. Except I'm throwing up on the toilet. Yeah. I can't believe that you took that. Yeah. We won't talk about that. Not today. Welcome aboard the Good Ship Brothership, the only podcast to cover film, music, gaming, literature, and tomato decisions. I'm one of your brothers, Jason. And I'm the other one, Grant. Uh, Jason, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about uh, two very young artists who are kind of occupy a similar genre and are actually currently touring together. Stop We're talking touching about, my foot uh, with your foot. 
We're talking about Khaled's first album, American Teen, and Lord's second album, Melodrama. And these are both kind of, uh, in some ways, very similar and in some ways very different. For us, we really liked Pure Heroin, which is Lord's first album, when it first came out. Um, And that was like four years ago. So for the four years, we've kind of been anxiously awaiting her to put out something else. Um, For me, I was sort of caught between expecting it to be like this great follow-up because her first album was fantastic, but she definitely had like potential to grow. But then we also sort of half expected, or I did anyways, her to just kind of sell out or go poppy or watered down. Or and just kind of never reached the heights she reached with her first album. Yeah, I wouldn't say that that was my expectation. My expectation, I heard in an interview when she released Pure Heroin, um, her talking about the next album she would make, which she hadn't even started writing for. But she said she was really nervous about it because of that classic second album thing where it just becomes a watered-down version of the first one. What? is that? Are the levels too low? No, they look fine to me. Okay. Just making sure. Thanks. Uh, And she was just nervous about, you know, making something that was different, still advancing her style and her skills, but didn't sell out and didn't, you know... Not alienating your first fan base, but still trying to kind of grow your listenership. She just wanted, I think, to make something that was true to herself and and a strong release. And we'll see if she did Um, that. And my, my, my... only fears were that she was going to go too dark or too weird or something like that yeah. on her second album. And you have no idea what I think. Yeah, oh, it's I true. Cannot reach the um, and then, you know, on the other hand, we have Khaled, who totally took me by surprise. His album came out in March, I believe, of this year. Um, and his single came out in, like, July 2016, his first sing- single. But I wasn't really aware of him at all until... Probably like a month and a half ago, um, when one of my buddies played him in the car, um, and this buddy has a really questionable taste in music. So He's got I, a broad, yeah. uh, unquestioning taste yeah. in music, actually. So I half expected, you know, maybe not the best choice, uh, and then was shocked when I heard Winter was the track he played off of it. And so, you know, this is kind of two different approaches for both of us. You know, Lord's album we've been waiting for for years, and then Cal's was just like dropped out of the sky on us with no expectations uh, and no prior knowledge of him, either. Yeah, so. and I was, uh, I was getting very, very nervous around Lord's follow up because it was released this year, and what year was? Twenty thirteen. So it's been a it's four years a between the records. Huge, huge wait between records for for a new artist. You know, although I guess now with the internet and with instant fame and that sort of thing, you can kind of just release an album and then coast for years and years and years and years while you carefully craft your follow-up. And I don't know what I think of that. I uh, I threw a lot of shade uh, for years and years on Lord because I you're waiting too long. It's going stale, you know. It, it better capture, not be another four years by the time she hits her third yeah, album. Capture capture a mood and move on it, you know. Go with your gut and that sort of thing. And I, I, I'm i not sure if she was justified or not in, you know. I don't know. Like, in, on some ways, it's a different art form, but there are parallels. And we look at someone like Daniel Day-Lewis, who's only acted in, I don't know how many, say, very roughly, a dozen films in his career over several decades and we kind of commend him for being discerning and picking projects he believes in 
So in some ways, you can kind of understand it's that. It's like, slightly Lord different, though, because Lee. he's not crafting a film. He's coming into a project and embodying a character, whereas your this is her own output, you know, and Jack Antonoff. Yeah, I suppose so. Producer. Anyway, uh, which should be, I think Face Up should be Khaled and Face Down should be Lord. Yeah, because I feel like she would be more likely to like lay face down in yeah. a music video. That's what I'm thinking. It's Lord. Well, Lord first, Khaled second, and who should go first? Me. I, well, do first? I always say that? I don't care. Who cares? I don't know. I just, I don't know. Okay. Dude, go. Oh, hold on. I'll read this and then you go. Please do. Okay, Melodrama is the second studio album by New Zealand singer Lord, released on the 16th of June this year of our Lord 2017 through Republic Records. Writing for the album began as early as December 2013 and continued through, quote, false starts, fruitless detours, and stretches of inactivity, unquote, as Lord stepped back from the public spotlight, taking shape after her breakup from her longtime boyfriend, James Lowe, in 2015. How long-term could it have been? She was probably like 17. I don't know, like six months. Melodrama has been described by critics as a loose concept album that explores the theme of solitude in the framework of a single house party with the events and moods that entail it. That's, That's a, a bad sentence. sentence. Yeah. Yikes. Lord wrote and produced the album alongside Jack Antonoff with additional production contributions from Frank Dukes, Melee, Andrew Wyatt, Joel Little, and Flume, among others. The album top charts in New Zealand, Australia, the United States, and Canada. Melodrama received widespread acclaim from critics, with some publications citing it as the best album of the year. And that's interesting because I didn't know how critics had received it, and I was kind of curious to see that, but sometimes I look at it before we review it, but a lot of times you kind of try not to because you don't want to be colored too much by what other people think. Um, either wanting to go in favor with them or rebel, um, just kind of subconsciously. But for me, I think the thing that really struck out to me when I was writing my notes for this album uh, earlier this evening was I think that it is one of the most fitting titles um, for the album because I think it's a lot grander and feels more grown up and dramatic than her first album, for better or for worse. Um, before I go into the actual musical quality, I want to talk about something that I think was, if not more important, at least as important as the music for me, and this is not usually the case, and that's the tone of the album or the attitude or whatever you want to call it. Not the quality of the music, but perhaps the theme material of the tracks, the way the album art's laid out, kind of everything around the music, yeah. the tone that it puts out. Um, I absolutely love it. I think the album could be a success just based off of that. I think it's really kind of the perfect progression from, you know, this up-and-coming kid star with her last album um, to this slightly grittier, older, young adult who's been on the scene for a few years. And if it sounds tired... She's or not clean, really an older, young adult. I mean, slightly older than her last album. Slightly older, young adult. Okay. Um, And if that sounds kind of cliched or whatever, I think the way that she explores it is really interesting and manages to come across as honest and genuine, but still dramatic. Like, it doesn't seem boring. Hang on, I'm going to just stifle a burp. Congratulations. That's the way to do it. Because before we used to just, like, belch them out. (laughs) Now we're a little bit better. Now we call attention to them. Um, I think melodrama is absolutely not without flaws. And I think ultimately in terms of musical quality of the tracks, I think it probably fails to live up to the, in my opinion, really high bar that was set by uh, Pure Heroine. 
but I consider this album a total success just because of its fantastic tone, if nothing else. I just think it's a very cool continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't know if I really agree that it's a concept album, maybe it was supposed to be, it didn't strike me as that. I think that it seemed a little bit too scattered and incoherent, but perhaps not in an entirely bad way. It just seemed like is she that, had a lot to say. Is that the first just now that you'd heard about a yeah. concept album? Totally. So it could be that you just listened to it with a different set of ears. That's true. Um which raises the question I know you and I have discussed. If you listen to a concept album and you don't know it's a concept album, is, is it a concept, concept album? album? And it could be to some people and not to others. Yeah. You could make that argument too. Um, but I think as an album, it is not without glaring flaws. But as a sequel, I think it's almost perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Um, and I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately. I said this with Blade Runner 2049 too. 2049 as well. Um, and I kind of share a similar sentiment between that and this. I think I like it um, beyond just its quality. Yeah. I think the album is maybe like a 7.5 out of 10, but I think it's like an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. Um, if her first album was about kind of like childhood nostalgia and the fear of growing up and stuff like that, which you hear in, you know, ribs or whatever, um, this album is more like her retrospective on adolescence like she's on the other side of the door and her first ventures into a grown-up world um and even though these themes have been explored before by other people i think it's really cool that she did these in sequence like this because i think um the fan base that related to pure heroin has now aged up enough along with lord to relate to uh the themes of this newest album and i know that was definitely the case for me i mean to a uh to a reasonable extent, I think that if she had put out an album like Pure Heroin now, it would have probably resonated less with me mm-hmm. um, than it did, you know, four or five years ago. And I think the, it's probably the case for this too. And I don't know; it'll be interesting to see how much you connected to it, given our pretty small gap in age. <sighs> so, I really love the album as a concept, as everything but the music, but. I haven't even really talked about the music yet, and is that a bad sign? Like, probably not. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Um, I think the music is definitely of a high quality, and I would say that the highs, the top tracks, the best moments are just as good as what was on Pure Heroine, but I think just because of her added baggage maybe and stuff like that, the lows do sink a little bit lower, with the exception of Pure Heroine had one or two tracks that I thought were not good. Well, there was um, the one, because we got... We got the extended, the extended edition. And, and all the extended tracks Were sucked. real crap. Uh, <laughs> but there was, I think there was one track, Sorry, Lord. I actually remember, on the regular one that I didn't like. Um, but that accepted, I think that... Uh, there I go again. Melodrama probably sinks a little bit lower. But it wouldn't be disappointing compared to anything other than her last album. I think uh, some songs like... Green Light a little bit or the Louvre did sort of seem like rinse and repeat slightly weaker versions of stuff that you could have seen on Pure Heroin. And I was a little disappointed by that. You know, I think Green Light was probably the first song that we heard. I think that was yeah, her leading was. single. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh man, like it's not a bad song at all. But I was a little scared then because I don't think it's a really strong track compared to Pure Heroin. Um, but overall, I think her highs are just as high as on the first album. And she did manage to strike a really nice balance between 
maintaining her sound but kind of progressing as well. I think Supercut and Liability are hands down two of my favorite songs that I've heard this year. Um, and I was thinking it's it's funny because they're totally uh, different genres of music, but I don't think I've felt such a strong punch of emotion since Kendrick with uh, Damn back in like February. Um, and they're totally different albums and in some ways don't really bear comparison. But I was just reminded that, man, I haven't like felt this from a new song since then. So I think that's like a big achievement for her. Um, I think in terms of the music, and now I'm not talking about the writing, I'm talking about the instrumentals, the composition, the mixing. Um, I think for better or worse, it was a bit of a non-event. Um, Lord obviously has this really standout, peculiar in a good way sort of voice, and I think they do and should take center stage. But I do kind of have the impression that a little bit more musical boldness wouldn't have gone amiss. Um, you know, Homemade Dynamite and a couple others are exceptions. I absolutely love, like, the beat and the pauses in Homemade Dynamite. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but for the most part, the music just sort of seemed as a platform for her to do her thing, which is not really a problem, but I just feel like music should always be allowed to be exceptional, and I don't think it always was here. Um, and then I just put down in my notes, P.S., definitely a grower album. Don't be surprised if my fondness for it grows by by the time we do the album of the year in just a couple weeks. Because mm-hmm. I think since I've listened to it, um, like it a lot of other next, albums. I think it might be the next episode yeah. after we put this one up. It will be. Is it? Yeah. Um, Yikes. I'm pretty Holy sure. Moses. I know. Um, and so from when I first heard I this... it's been a year that we've been yeah, doing this. it's great. From when I first heard this to now... You know, it has grown on me a lot, and I don't think it shows signs of stopping, but my judgment is probably a little bit clouded compared to someone who would have come to this new. Um, I think it's a success, but I think it definitely has some issues that are, if not inexcusable, then, like, not justified. Um, And my standout tracks, quite a bit above the rest, were Liability, Homemade Dynamite, and Supercut. Absolutely love all three of those are, like, top-notch songs. All right, and... What do you think? Uh, this is going to be a bit weird, Jason, because what we normally do, I like having my notes obscured from you because you can't see what I'm about I to I won't read them. say, but they're about to be up on the computer because I've gone through a different okay. note, note process. I won't read them. Just put them up as a split window so that we can still see the thing going, and then I won't be nervous. How do I do that? Just hit the second from the X over there. Yeah, that one there. Yeah. Oh. There you go, because then we can still see it ticking away. Wow. Okay, so uh, I, I've i always found it difficult, as you know, to connect with a female voice mm-hmm. just because I'm not a female. And you're sexist. Uh, and I'm, I'm a huge sexist, yeah. I think that there are some people in my circle of acquaintance <laughs> who actually do believe that I'm sexist. Well, I mean, you always talk about how you think that the gender pay gap should kind yeah, of remain intact. Yeah, I th- think that women should. Not sure he, he doesn't talk about that. Um, my My first impression of the album like you was green light and i was very i was very very distraught very poppy and somewhat devoid of that quirky relatable darkness that all of pure heroin had that all of you know life has especially life in the age that you're you know that she made the album late teens or whatever the age that, that we're both in now you could argue i suppose 
that just kind of weird transitional nether world that everybody finds themselves in. So that was my first impression, but this album is certainly more poppy than pure heroin. Oh, it's absolutely. It's more, much more lush, fluorescent neon colors and textures flying at you. It's riding the high crest of that new wave revival. Yeah, but I love the progression from the old album. The, oh, for sure, but the it's... the new wave revival thing is definitely... Yes. I was just going to say you could have finished, but whatever. Um, I would liken it a little bit, um, and maybe this is too abstract, I don't know, but I would almost liken uh, her albums to, like, say you're on a nighttime drive, and Pure Heroine's like, you're out in the country, and there's, like, a few lights or whatever, and then as you get into her newer album, it's like you're starting to hit the city, and there are, like, these street lights and stuff, I don't know, I guess. So, anyway, the, the, um, the songwriting here is, is definitely more in a trend than the songwriting of pure heroin mm-hmm. was and same going you know the textures and the synths the beats and all that sort Gotta of thing agree. especially coming off of a song like green light however sticking on that production i i found the production on this album to be unbelievably nuanced it is. and like beautiful I didn't talk about and that. a lot of just different little tricks and uh, flourishes that just work so well and it i guess we have mm-hmm. jack antonov to thank for that but he's the guy's got such an eye for detail and i would put the production of this album up with damn by wow. kendrick lamar yeah. and kendrick lamar is the king of production i don't think damn is as good as to pimp a butterfly for me in terms of that production but um I think I think that melodrama is up with damn on in terms of just the within the songs the little like production twists and uh, turns that they've thrown in to really make these songs different, unique, and kind of really interesting. And they they it always kept me guessing. And a couple times I did I went oh and like yeah, got a little sure. eye raise going on just from the production, which is such a rare thing. Um, so it's sort of like you feel that. In some ways, she's gone a little bit less original, but gotten better at it. Yeah, I think that I think that she's definitely really enjoying this whole '80s revival that's going on with the you know eight oh eight sound uh, drum machine, drum loops, you yeah. know, all that sort of thing. All of which are things that I really like. The lush synthesizers and all that. I really like all that. I think she is riding the crest of that wave a little bit, but I think that this album, the production, and that might be her, it might not be her, I don't know, the production of this album is much more developed and much more skillful than Pure Heroin. So, if you feel that it's riding a crest a little bit, do you think it will age poorly compared to Pure Heroin? I think it will age a bit more poorly, Yeah, but for the moment, for, for the today. time being, yeah. it's pretty fantastic. The album really only falters slightly when it comes to the concept. I knew about the concept before, like, mm-hmm. going into my review, because uh, I listened to the excellent podcast Song Exploder with Rishi Kesh Hirway, uh, who goes through songs with artists, and they take it apart piece by piece, and you actually listen to the bed tracks. Like, I... They go right. I gotta into check the, that out. They I'm go right, right now. They go right into the DAW, right into the production That's software, so cool. and pull up the bed tracks, and they 
throw it in with the artist like being interviewed and talking about the song and uh lord did one for um that's maybe, unreal maybe i've never green? heard of that no sober she did one for sober and uh yep they're on my favorites yeah though. and uh it's a very cool podcast and she talked about how this album is kind of i believe she said something like it it takes place on the night of this one party that she threw when she was 19 or something and her her life hadn't gone off the rails but she had just broken up with this boyfriend and she was very sad but she was throwing parties all the time and going to all these parties and that sort of thing and i think grappling with her newfound like international stardom as well and uh explain that that was you know the setting for the album so that's fine if you do, if you take that idea and you kind of swim around with it, what it seemed to me like I was getting a little bit was that all the songs were about the same thing, which is not necessarily what you want from a concept album. You want to take that's interesting. You want to take <laughs> a thing and you want to look at it from different angles, right? Mm-hmm. So if if she had gone full hog and done like a a real, you know, hardline, hundred percent concept album, which is what I wish she would have. That done. would have been so cool. It would have been great to do, you know, a party, this party that she's talking about, and we see everything from somebody else's point of view. Mm-hmm. Every song is from somebody else's point of view, from like one moment in the party when something terrible happens, or something like that. Just different snapshots throughout the party, which is kind of, <laughs> I don't, well, it's kind of the album that my band's working on now is kind of in that sort of uh, vein, taking one event and going around different people at it. So I, I wish that she had done that sort of thing. She's She's got some interesting angles and concepts. She's got the reprise of liability. She's got like sober part two, but they're mostly just like s- symphonic renditions of songs that she's already yeah. played. And I didn't really understand in a narrative sense, what she was trying to do is a little too loose. She didn't quite have a solid grip on it, which is fine if that's what she wanted to do. It just smelled a bit like a missed opportunity to me personally. Mm-hmm. And I would kill for her to make a hardline, 100% concept album, The Wall style. So do you feel, because um, I was kind of thinking about this, and I kind of think this, that a couple, like two to four tracks could have been cut and it would have made a stronger album? Um, I haven't gotten into it enough to make that call, honestly. I've only listened through it, like, I sat down and listened all the way through it once, and then I bunny-hopped around and examined a couple songs a little more closely. So you're saying your opinion's just completely invalid? All my opinions are completely invalid, but they always are. Yeah. So, like I'm saying, I wish that she had made it a full full-on concept album i think that that would have been really exciting and i think that she would do a fantastic job of that and that's a hard job to do but like we were saying thematically it's an excellent follow-up oh to my Pure gosh Heroin. i think that's and what it I does take it. and I, I don't know if it's on purpose or if it just is the honesty of her songwriting but it does take the teenage angst and mutate it a bit into young adult angst. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it does that in a tangible, palpable, but not in like an edgy. No, but it's yeah. just it's easy it's just to understand. Honest. It's yeah. plain. It's on the page in black and white, and I, I applaud Lord for it. Uh, 
she has proven again that she can still twist words into melodies better than almost anybody in the game. You know, you listen to to Liability or, um, you know, Sober. She's just got such a great way of taking words and working them into an into a melody, into a rhythm that is I really admire and I envy. And her voice is just fantastic. Yeah. Her singing is just on top form. Uh, the production on this album deserves a Grammy, in my opinion. I think that it should get production. Uh, Over Dam? Yeah, I think that it should. Hmm. Uh, it's Dam, Dam is great, um, but it just doesn't... I don't know, it didn't have... I don't, I don't know. I'd have to listen to them both back to back, but there's just something about the vitality, the youthful, like... Uh, bounce in this album that's just really i really really liked uh and (laughs) is we were talking about um pure heroin as a bit of a junior version to this album i think this album could almost be the you know just 20 years removed from sleep well beast because you get this and then you get that like that labored, you know, beaten down sadness of Corinne at the liquor store yeah. and that sort of thing. And I think that this album with the National Sleep Well Beast would make a really cool, like, double bill, if you will. Because yeah. I think that there's, and the electronic elements, the production value kind of is even. Um, and I was just thinking that as I was listening to Lord, like, man, this would sound amazing and cool and interesting alongside sleep well beast by the national mm-hmm. is kind of like a 30 somethings middle-aged something reflection on exactly yeah. this interesting so yeah my top three tracks were liability hard feelings and other favorite places are writer in the dark so completely different interesting no we both shared liability completely different well liability is just the the best and really oh seriously cut is so good though like i, mean, I that was one of my least favorites really yeah some of the lyrics just didn't work for me very huh. well in Interesting. But um, Liability, plaudits to her, props to her, big ups to her. I love her. She's so cool. She she really is very cool. But anyway, plaudits to her. <laughs> <laughs> just fangirled over Pla- me. Plaudits to Lord for making like the banger on her album, just piano and voice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How many people have the balls to do that? Yeah. And I gotta say... Um, when I finally decided that I thought it was good, it put me in such a great mood because I realized that we have corroboration from Lord. Because I feel like once you have two good albums, the chances of having a th- like the chance of a third good album versus a second one oh, exponentially sure. higher. Yeah, yeah. It'll All right, should we move on? It'll be interesting to see where she goes from here because I doubt that she'll stick with a new wavy kind of vibe. But you never know. We'll see. You'll yep. probably be married by the time she puts out another probably, album. Probably, probably not. Yeah, I'll probably. probably be dead by the time she puts out another album. <laughs> what? I okay, should we move on? I just wanted a nice pause after that. Oh, I see. That's okay. a, I, I yeah. just didn't. He, it's okay. he just touched his finger to his lips. And I should have done. I should have gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have. Okay. Next up, we've got uh, Khaled's American Teen album. Do you want me to read the Wikipedia for that, and then you can go into your review? Yeah, okay, sure. You're the Wikipedia man. Yes, I know. 
significantly less wow. info here. American Teen is the debut studio album by American singer Khaled. It was released on March 3rd, 2017 by Right Hand Music Group and RCA Records. The album was supported by the singles Location and Young, Dumb, and Broke. In October 2017, the album wow. was certified platinum. Holy Moses. By the Recording Industry Association of America. I would just like to pause and say this proves that young people still buy music. Yeah, no Because old people are not listening to this album <laughs> no. even a little bit. They don't even understand what the lyrics mean. <laughs> it's true. For accumulating over 1 million in combined pure sales and album equivalent units, whatever Scroll that is. Scroll down for a moment. The to lead single that. from the album called Location was released August 23rd, 2016. It peaked at number 16 on the Billboard 100. Uh, young, Dumb, and Broke was set to... What? Was sent to Rhythmic Radio as a second single. I don't okay. know what that means. Is that just like radio? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. It doesn't matter. All right. Cool. Um, Jump into it. So, American Teen could very well be the biggest surprise of the year for me just because um, it, a couple months ago and when thinking about Album of the Year considerations, which is kind of on my mind now that, you know, it's November. It's November yeah. um, I didn't even know who Khaled was. And if you had described him to me, you know, I would say um, he's part R&B, part pop, maybe a little hip-hop. He's not very hip-hop. No, um, no. Not really. I really would take little to no interest in him. Like, historically, haven't listened to much R&B, and pop yeah. is, like, you know, pretty hit and miss. But once I gave it a fair shake, I was really surprised to find that I think it struck a really interesting balance between leaning on traditions um, and having individuality and I think his writing was definitely never phenomenal, but it always stayed entertaining, uh, it stayed interesting, and it avoided too many cliches. And so I think a lot of times we think of good writing as um, something deep, whatever that means, or like good prose or metaphor or something that um, you keep dissecting, you know, yeah. years after you've heard the album. But I do think, to an extent, we have to kind of match the writing to the genre. And I think... I keep saying I think. I've, we've discussed this in the past. Um, but for this genre, for what it is, I think that Khaled's album is... Or Khaled's writing is totally competent in a great way. Um, and I don't know if I would really want like a deep prose to his beats. I think he's just great, chill music. And I mean that in the best way possible. Um... There is one huge issue with the album, but I think it's forgivable, and I hope he can iron it out in the future. And I laughed when you said that you thought that a problem with Lord was that it was kind of all about the same thing from the same perspective, because that's how I felt about Khaled. Once I listened to it for a while, um, and once I was kind of had been immersed, that was really once I had been kind of <laughs> once immersed. Once I had been immersed. <laughs> once I had listened to the music quite a bit. I started to realize that his subject matter is almost exclusively about young love, which is okay, um, but I mean, it's completely unrelatable considering the state of my love life. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, okay. no, what, what has any young artist ever sung of? Yeah. I, but I think Melodrama had a much greater song variety. Well, Lord is also a completely different artist, and she's also yeah. a crucial like maybe five years older no she's not five no. years old like three four yeah um but 
in all seriousness, though, I think his subject matter did wear a little thin. It's like, come on, there's got to be something else you could think about. I can just imagine the studio of his his producer or whatever just being like, come on, man, can't you think of anything else? And he's like, I don't know, man. Okay, I'm not going to do the voice. Wow. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, sir. This is all I can think of. I am not uh-huh. sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that said, I think that Khaled, he's only 19. I think he has tremendous potential. And for musicians, typically, especially into the 30s, writing is one thing that you can almost definitely count on to improve, um, with perhaps a few exceptions. And I think that's probably his biggest weak point by now, even though, as I said before, I think his writing totally did the job. Um, it, it must be said that he had a nice variety between, like, not like quicker more energetic songs i don't even know what the proper term is when you're talking about r&b and then like these slow jams but i think his slow jams were consistently of a higher quality like winter or saved were to me just like the best songs and the highest quality songs on the track and it makes you wonder if that was what he wanted to write but he had to write something poppier like for the fans i don't know if that's the case but that's just sort of the vibe i got um what else do i have here that's basically it for my notes. However, I do also have a little comparison thing here that I wrote at the end, and I said um, we, we never compare is it, albums. Is it a really. Khaled lyric or a Bible verse? No. Is it, we're gonna. Were you no. doing Veggie Tales? Okay, I don't like Cordy, Romans eight twenty eight. Um, you know, <laughs> whatever. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking. about. Veggie Tales right at the end of Veggie Tales. I know what you're talking. Like I just don't. Anyway, okay. Sorry. So we we're not in the habit of comparing albums, and we're not really comparing them. But I'm comparing these. Um, so, so between melodrama and American Teen, who would be the winner? On one hand, I thought that Khaled was way more of a surprise. I expected great things from Lord, but in some ways, expectations kind of devalues the finished product. Just because I've thought so much about like about what I want, and then when it comes out and it's different you have a tendency to be a little disappointed, especially at first. Um, But Khaled came out of nowhere. And so for that reason, I think my initial reaction to his album was way stronger. I was like, whoa, you got to check this out. This is unreal. Whereas Lord, I kind of listened to it and then went "Mm," for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, But I think overall, I would actually pick Lord over Khaled, which I really didn't expect. I just came to this conclusion a week or two ago because, um, Although we disagree on this, maybe. I think that her subject matter was quite a bit broader. I think her writing is basically objectively better. Um, and I found her overall sound more interesting. And then Khaled is at a disadvantage of not having anywhere to come from. You know, that can be like a blessing or a curse. Baggage or like past context. Mm-hmm. And I think Lord's awesome shift to a new album um, really did set her ahead. So overall, I liked Khaled, and I'm super interested to see where he goes next. And there's no way I won't keep listening to his music constantly. We we talk about like pool playing music, right? Like yeah. chill chill vibes that you put on when you have people over. He is like ideal for that, like perfect. He's probably the best thing we've had since Jimmy Rockwell for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't know if, in terms of like quality listening time, if he actually has the staying power I thought he would. So good album, but I think you might see Lord ahead of him on my like album of the year list. I don't know. There you go. That's concise. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right. 
That said, winter is his equivalent of liability. It's very good. All right. Well, I I came to this album just because you insisted that we review it because yeah. you were uh, really enjoying it. And my first uh, impression of of Khaled. Are you reading my notes? I just saw the first Jason, one. I'm okay. sorry. I you, only saw the first. I only saw I'm the first one. I'm never doing this ever I'm again. So, no, it's fine. No, I, it's not. No, I only looked at one. <laughs> this podcast is a conversation. It's for like Christmas presents. You're destroying the what podcast. What can we do for? Right I have some ideas for a Christmas special. No, You'll, we'll talk after. My thoughts. My thoughts on Khaled uh, initially were that he looks like a football player, and he does not sound. Like a football player. He doesn't look like what I thought he would. Um, he looks big, and he's got a beard, uh, and really cool hair. But he yeah. reminds me of Elvis in in the sense, large, large physical appearance. Like, was Elvis a large man? Yeah, I think he's very tall. Huh. I think he was like six four or something, six three maybe. Um, but just like a large, square jawed presence, and I just I find that interesting. Just from a Point. You know, a lot of um, what you see artists are small, pretty. Apparently, Khaled's only like 5'11". Well, he's just big. Though. Yeah. Like, he's a large dude. Um, go- going into this album, I was expecting to be impressed. I was ready to be impressed. Just based on your, you know, testimonial. And also, because I knew that he's like 19 or whatever. Yeah. And any 19-year-old who's making... Um, an album that's doing as well as this one has is it's impressive, and, and you're probably it's fabulous for his age. You're probably <laughs> going to be um, impressed. And I dove into it, and I think that the songwriting is very solid. I think that there's a lot of boldness and a lot of confidence in his style of songwriting, and I admire that uh, quite a bit. There are some exceptions. I think like songs like "Let's Go." He tries to cram a few too many syllables into a line, and the the lyrics just don't quite work. I didn't you know? do my standout tracks. I'm gonna do my standout tracks when you do your standout sure. tracks. And uh, and the, I mean that's that's completely fine. Like that's to be expected. The guy's quite. He's very new, you know, at making music and at writing songs and that sort of thing. Um, he's definitely a little bit of a slave to the new wave sound as well, uh, which again, I'm a bit of a sucker for. I like that refreshing synth poppy kind of sound. I like the, the nice texture of the drum beats and the nice analog synths coming in. He has a great guitar tone on this album. I didn't mention that. Yeah. Yeah. In, in well, wherever songs, there yeah. is guitar. Yeah. Um, this, this album felt like it was a bit more paint by numbers in terms of the new wave template, you know, get a crunchy 808 style drum loop. And then you bring in those synths and then you bring in a lot of synths at the chorus and then it drops down to just one synth in the second verse, you know, uh, which is again, fine. Not all albums have to be massively ambitious. If the songwriting is, um, craftsman like enough, uh, which it is for the most part, but then it becomes a little more the 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 um, trends that he's following become a bit more of a crutch. Alvin and the Chipmunks have no business being in music ever, and especially not in music like this. 
Um, were they in... What? It's that high-pitched vocal oh, like effect in, where uh, it's like... What's you know? that song? Yeah. And it sounds exactly like Alvin and the Chipmunks. And he's got it in Saved and Let's Go. Yeah, for two, two that I know of. Uh, there could be more. And I just don't understand. I d- I'd sound old, maybe, right now, but it's not an emotional sounding... It just sounds weird. Yeah. Like, what, what, what am I supposed to be... What are you trying to say? Why are you pitching your voice up so many octaves and it sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks? And it just brings me out of whatever song I'm listening to. And I don't know whether I should laugh. Like, is it supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be cool? Is it supposed to be edgy or dark or weird? Like, I don't know. I just hate it so much. And it wrecks every song that I've ever heard it in. Wow, that's harsh. Well, it's stupid. Like, what What point does it serve? I mean, it's a nice contrast if it's been, like, bass-heavy up to that point. It's, But it's just... There I'm are other devil's ways, advocate. I don't like it either. There are other ways to achieve that with a little synth line or something. And not just, like, what sounds like a cartoon character voice, you know? Um, some of his tropes, though, do work. He's got a lot of references to smartphones and texting and... I don't know, selfies and Snapchat and whatever the children are doing these days. Yeah. <laughs> and for the most part, I actually like that. I think it works. I think it makes the songs more real and makes them a bit more timely. They're a little more, they'll date a bit more, probably. They might be a little bit more throwaway, but I kind of like that. And I'm a little, I'm a little jealous of the freedom with which he... Music is a time and place thing, Yeah, right? I'm a little jealous with the freedom with which he does that because I am so mindful of how anything I make will age. I don't know why, because, you know, none, nobody will remember it. Yeah. But uh, it, I, I, I did enjoy that for the most part. I think to a certain point, um, like in Saved, I did find it a little irritating how the whole song is just about I'll keeping keep your number saved. number saved. Not good like, writing in that song, eh, really. No, like it's, eh, you know, it is what it is. For... for in general, in closing, the kid can write a solid pop song with a personality. There's mm-hmm. room for improvement, but this album's definitely a really solid start. He's got his legs under him, and you know he's ready to go. The production is fine. Uh, at no point did it command my attention fully mm-hmm. in nearly the same way uh, melodrama did with like some really amazing production. Um, but uh, overall, when I was listening to it, I just thought that I wish that Fame t- took longer. Yeah. I wish that this album could have been made in obscurity or relative obscurity and that he could have tooled away at his craft, trying to get better and better to garner more attention and more um, of a following. And this would be such a fun album to come back to after a big breakout album. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the, you know, avenue that fame takes now. But I do wish that it was more of a process. I could be wrong, but I think that happened to Kendrick, right? With What was his first album called? 86 or something? Section 80. He exploded pretty quickly, but but not in this fashion. Like, this guy is... Like massive up now. because his music is just so relatable, relatable yeah. you know, to sixteen and seventeen year old high school girls. It's because hard. This it's this hard to is, really dislike. It, it is, yeah. I mean, because it's just yeah. You don't have to love it, but straight shooting a 
high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's what high school sounds like now. And I think that that's interesting. I think yeah. it's valuable then as a snapshot of a time and a place. But I don't think it's an endearing classic yeah. work or anything. I think I wouldn't put it on the same level as Pure Heroin by any stretch of the imagination. I think Pure Heroin is the superior album. But Absolutely. they both leave me with the impression of like, hmm, I'm interested to see what you'll do next. Well, I think American Teen is an interesting parallel to something like Pure Heroin. Yeah, that's I like... think that it's it's a lighter, poppier version of Pure Heroin. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't have the inventive writing like by a long yeah. shot. Uh or in a lot of cases the inventive like, you know, the darkness or whatever. But I think that it's a cool start for a cool guy and he seems like a beauty. Wow. Yeah. And I mean the one thing him and Lord do have in it's common a huge stutter. Did um, you not hear that? I did. Okay. And the one thing I do think that uh, he has in common with when Lord released Pure Heroin is now I'm going to anxiously anticipate his second album. Um, and even though this one just came out, you know, six months ago or whatever, I already kind of find myself like, oh man, I hope he doesn't sell out. Like that thought's already occurred to me. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he delivers. I mean, to be honest, it's it would be kind of difficult for him to sell out because his music is like... But his so... writing's still good. His writing's His writing is uniformly good yeah that's that's what i said it um, does what it need to do it didn't bring yeah. you to tears but you know didn't hate it what were your standout tracks my standout tracks which i don't have written down here were young dumb broke uh shot down and american teen um now did you watch the uh music video for young dumb and broke yeah i watched all the music videos okay i just really like the gender at the end yeah yeah um uh, that's funny our tracks are totally different for this one my standouts are Location, Winter, and Angels. Angels was really beautiful. Oh actually. my gosh. The um That's the only song I would play around my parents and they wouldn't make fun of it. It's by, a, it's a very I mean, yeah. it's a quite a beautiful song. And some kind Winter of, is so good. That's my favorite by far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a- Angels uh, has some really kind of interestingly boldly and sensitive like poetic imagery. Yeah. Which you wouldn't necessarily expect from a young black guy. That's I also I'm... really like the fact, honestly, and I hate to get like racial, quote unquote, but the guy, he's a young black dude and he's not making anything, he's not trying to sound tough mm-hmm. or anything. He's just being himself. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I really wish that more artists would do that. Yeah. Like he, it's, it's so cool to see that kind of, he doesn't, freedom. he doesn't yeah. appear to feel any pressure to, you know, conform to the that kind of mold of the young black male in music yeah. now, you know, which is, it's a real image, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well. That was really concise. Um, I know. Cause I gotta I be honest with you. <laughs> I feel like we hit it out of the park. <laughs> Did we? I don't know. I don't know. I can never tell. Um, I was kind of. I think maybe my new notes helped a little bit because I made them into a little flow and I kind of just went down. Yeah. So that was like my second draft. That's pretty good. Um, Well, we have a lot of work to do before the next album. Oh, my lordy Um, lord. But I'm excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Because I kind of constantly forget about albums that we we reviewed early this year that was really good. Like, Two Parts Viper came out this year. Yeah, oh, there are so many Um, albums. And I was listening to Two Parts Viper within the last week, 
I would say most albums that we've reviewed this year, I listen to at least a couple times a month. Forced, or, yeah. Forced Witness, uh, The Killers put out an album, and I haven't even listened to that album yet. They put out an Holy album. Holy jeez. There are we, so we many. We haven't even reviewed that. Robert Plant put out an album this year. There are tons Mute of... Math put out an album. We haven't listened to Mute Math's album. No, there are so many albums that have come out this year that I just haven't had the time to listen to. And I wouldn't be super surprised if there is an album in like our top five that we have to even review. Oh, for sure. And I know that. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I'm like radiating. Let me see if I've got my little list here. Because mm-hmm. I made a list of... Because as we said, the next album we're doing is going to be our top album of the year. I don't know. Our format will probably change from last year. I feel like we could yeah, do it a Robert little bit Plank, better. Yeah, Robert Plant, Carrie Fire, Alex Cameron, Forced Witness, The Killers, Wonderful, Wonderful, National Sleep Well Beast. You just said 68. Oh, there are a lot. You could put Kendrick on there for sure. Two parts, Viper. Honestly, Jamiroquai will be in my consideration list just because I've had... It didn't s- come out this year, did it? I'm pretty sure. I'm going to Google it. I think so. Uh, damn. Um... This is good podcasting. I know, it's excellent. It's okay. Khaled. We'll just cut this. No, we won't. Um, American. What was the album name from Jamiroquai? I, I should know that. What, Automaton? Yeah. American Teen. I'm pretty sure that's this year. Lord. Uh, 2017, March 31st. Drama. Yeah. I don't feel like sp- spelling that. There you go. Uh, how do you spell it? Automaton? Jamiroquai. Oh. J-I. J-I. M-I-R-O. M-I-R-O. Q-U-A-I. Q-U-A-I. What is wrong with him? Yeah. Oh, and I mean, Khaled and Lord. Do you have Nick Cave in there? He didn't release anything this year. Oh, no. That was last year. <sighs> um, I feel like... Oh, um... I feel like we'll have, we'll have to give a special shout-out next episode, which I'm kind of doing right now. To Alex Cameron, regardless, just because he'll yeah. have two of our top albums in consecutive years, which Pro- no, quite possibly, yeah. Oh, he's, that, I can tell you that right now. Not our top album necessarily. And I don't think but. I mentioned I went to see Alex Cameron live oh in gosh. Toronto um, a couple months ago, and I got to meet and hang out with him and Roy, Malone. and they are both just such legitimately, like legitimately nice guys who are just so so eager to spend time with all their fans and we're so friendly and just just really legitimately nice and they had been having a terrible time up until that show in Toronto and the room just loved them so much and people were just screaming the lyrics to his songs and now he's touring opening for the Killers oh my gosh and they're coming to Toronto with the Killers and opening for the Killers in Toronto Oh my word! What? Ask if we can get tickets for that. God bless you, Alex Cameron. Yeah, he. I told him that my little brother was sad that he couldn't come because it was a nineteen and up, and he wrote Jason a little note, Alex, that is, and said, "Next time we're in town, shoot us a message on Facebook, and we'll hook you up with free tickets." Which is pretty cool. Like, just such nice dudes. Anyway, I've been Grant. That's been Jason, who you can't see. It's been beautiful being with you folks. Next uh, episode you hear, and we're just, for posterity, we're recording this on the 19th of November. It'll be coming out in like a month or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because we have, this is our second one in the can. I know. Well, that's that's because we got super behind, Jason. <laughs> it's no need well, to Well, yeah, great. it's going to be our 21st episode in a year that should have 
26 episodes. Yeah. So we missed five. We've, we're pretty... Tired. You know what? It's okay. It happens. But the next episode you hear us do will be Albums of the Year. It's kind of our big uh, to-do. We're very excited. And I think, uh, I think I'll say this now. We are going to be announcing maybe a couple interesting, not changes, but just things mm-hmm. to uh, the podcast. We've got a couple little cute plans that you guys might enjoy and have fun with in the new year. I and just have so yeah. I just have one question. Is our um, album of the year 2016 going to be counted as an album for our album of the year 2017? I don't even know what you just said, and I don't care. Like, could our albums of the year 2016 be one of our top albums of the year for 2017? (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. That was high concept. No, it wasn't. It was just stupid.